Welcome to the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. This is the place where you'll hear kids ministry experts dive deep into practical and inspirational topics to help make you the best kids ministry leader or volunteer you can be. On today's episode, Bill Emiot and Jeremy Carroll grab a cup of coffee and discuss how to best recruit volunteers for your kids ministry. So let's get started. Here's Bill Emiot. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast studio for Kids Ministry 101. I am very excited to be here today in the studio with Jeremy Carroll. Welcome, Jeremy. Hey, Bill. Good to be here, man. Glad to be here. It's good for you to be here. Jeremy, um, you've been at Lifeway for a couple years now. Three, two, Oh, actually, not even hit two yet. Oh, not Uh, even two. Two will be this this summer, 2019, so about 18 months. Well, that's awesome. Um, Fresh meat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that, and we, we pride ourselves on that at, at some level because most of our key leaders in Lifeway Kids are practitioners, not only um, in the past but currently. But tell me a little bit about your past. What brought you to Lifeway? Or not what brought you here, but before you got here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have been – so we're in 2019. I've been in church ministry for – a little over 20 years. Wow. Um, doing things on and off, a lot of volunteer time in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then went to seminary and did, did that whole thing. And Where'd I was you go? At, I was at Southwestern. I'm and, sorry. And uh, in Fort Worth. I went to and, New Orleans. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we just, uh, we, we, we loved Fort Worth. My wife and I went out. Actually, it's a great story, and I'm not going to tell it now, but we had a great trip where uh, there were about, there were three couples plus one seventh wheel that went out on this trip to uh-huh. out to Fort Worth when we were visiting seminaries and we went out and we had a great time all young couples no kids and we just made a road trip from middle Tennessee to Fort Worth and we just had a great experience and um and end up with love it walked on campus loved it loved everything about it and uh and loved Texas enough that that's where we spent most of 12 years wow um, my adult life was mostly spent in Texas after going there um was at after we graduated seminary, it spent a little time back in Tennessee, but then we were back in uh, just north side of Fort Worth in, mm-hmm. a, in a, a town called Keller, okay. um, where I was on church staff and uh, just had some great, great staff experience, great um, ministry experience. Made a lot of God really healed our family through a rough time. We had a rough season in 2006, 2007. We went into this church and just God really healed our family. That's awesome. Um, we had five kids born in Texas. Wow! And so we love Texas a lot. Yeah, you uh, do. <laughs> we do. And um, and now we just had the the sixth kid that was born in Tennessee. So he's going to be the the, the, the road man out. <laughs> but um, but so we were in in church staff doing technology and uh, media ministry oh. and that kind of stuff. And then transitioned over to children's ministry as I was actively involved in both really at my church in Texas and went over to children's ministry. I have always loved kids ministry. It's just been. From my days of high school and middle school, I've been mm-hmm. involved in vacation Bible school and music camps and things like that. I just love it. So moved on uh, to kids ministry full time and uh, and then came to Lifeway after being there for several years at, in kids ministry full time. Came here. And even now, I'm still, even though I'm at Lifeway, I'm serving at my church as kind of interim volunteer yeah. children's director. Yeah. Um, we didn't have anybody at our church. And so I, my pastor is actually my brother-in-law. And I was like, hey, we don't have anybody giving direction to our kids' ministry. If we need somebody to sit in that, 
you know, I'm happy to sit in that role for just a time. Let's That's let's great. do a thing and and let's just see if we can bring some cohesiveness to our ministry. And so even now, even though I'm not getting paid for it, yeah, I'm sitting in a kids ministry role. What right do now. they say? The pay's not much, but the retirement plans <laughs> out of this world. That's right. I'm I'm counting on that. I guess. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Well, man, you bring a lot to the table, and I'm excited about that because today we're going to talk about a topic that's probably one of the most talked about or questioned, the one I get the most concerns about mm-hmm. in kids ministry, this idea of staffing our volunteer base and, and, and recruitment and enlistment. And that is, um, sounds like you're going to have some good insight on that. Well, I don't know, but I've definitely been down and around the ringer, as many of our <laughs> listeners I know are uh, just always dealing with that. Right. It's, it's never ending. Yeah. I think that um, it's important before we even get too far into this, is there's not a magic pill. No, you know, I think that people call me here at Lifeway and they want to know what's the what's the secret. What secret are y'all keeping from me? You mm-hmm. know, uh, if I spend a little bit more money with y'all, will y'all tell me the secret? <laughs> and it's there's no real magic pill, but maybe there's some principles and some conversations that we can have. And I think if we recruit well, then we'll retain well and I think retention at the end of the day is part of the the big deal but before we go too far into that um, into practical tips and and ideas and thoughts I want us to make sure that we've had this conversation about about um, over the overarching importance of safety and security Mm -hmm. when we are enlisting and recruiting Um, and there's some things we can do um, that will ensure that but just getting um, warm bodies in the room because we had nobody, which is where a lot of us live sometimes, is not going to work. Right. We have got to, um, and, and we've had other podcasts on this subject matter, but we have got to make sure that we keep these kids safe and secure, that we keep um, our leadership safe and secure, that we keep our ministries, our church mm-hmm. ministries, safe and secure, that we keep our, the kingdom safe and secure. But, and, and, and so everything we talk about has that as part of its DNA, that as an overarching um, value in enlisting and recruiting. Yeah. And I, I think it, I don't know if, I think I've heard you say it. I don't know where it originated. Someone probably long ago said it, but um, the thing that it really resonated with me at some point, I think I actually heard it at a, at a kids ministry conference mm-hmm. that Lifeway did several years ago. But um, we got to remember that it, when talking about safety and security, we don't want to be the to be so um, uh, put off by oh we don't want to have to deal with all that. That it really doesn't take. Uh, it's not an incident that that really can destroy ministry. It can be just an accusation. Exactly. And uh, we need to be so above board that we can stand without even accusation. Right. And that's why we need to go those extra miles right. to do that. It doesn't. I've said it doesn't take one incident. Mm-hmm. It takes one accusation. Yeah. So I think ninety nine point nine percent of the people who I work with would never allow themselves or would never harm a child, but. There's a lot of people out there who might accuse you, there, mm-hmm. and, and you just gotta take all those steps. So, as we enlist and recruit, we 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 do that with with background checks in mind, yeah. with um, interviews in mind, um, really combing through, if you will, mm-hmm. um, those who may even express interest. And I, I don't want to sound like 
um, I don't know, but if they're expressing interest in serving, then that's not a red flag. <laughs> Certainly not a red flag, right. but it's probably getting more and more unique. Mm-hmm. So let's really don't just say, yeah, come on, let's do it mm-hmm. tomorrow. What are you doing? You know, right. we've got to go through those processes. Mm-hmm. I know that um, you talk about a repeatable process. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. talk to me a little bit about that. Well, I know for me, when I had my last church experience where having a repeatable process, that is have something that, um, a, a workflow, having some kind of system that had a, a almost a checklist of sorts where I could go through it. And uh, that would allow me to uh, make sure that I follow the same steps with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there, are, there are management systems and things that have some of this stuff built in that you can use. But for me, that repeatable process was... Um, was everything, and that in, that included that initial contact. It included um, making sure that everybody filled out the same paperwork. It included following up, assigning a buddy or a partner to go with. And so I would be able to check off this list uh, to make sure that everybody got the same treatment, whether they ran bursting in my door, hey, I want to serve, or whether it was more of a relational, hey, would you mind filling in this spot for me this time or as a substitute or whatever. So having a repeatable process, that re- that repeatable part was just again, it's almost a checklist where you just make sure that that it's just it becomes an automatic part of my ministry. That everything I every person I talk to is going to be walked through, guided through that same process mm-hmm. of filling out the same papers, filling out the background checks, and the the um, the application, and all of those pieces. Every part is is something that that comes from forethought. It's not, I'm just not going, oh, well, this person will just put you in a room. Well, no, we, we're going to walk through a process right. and guide them through it. For me, I, I tend to be um, process oriented. Mm-hmm. I, I want to be more than I really am, but I, I like the processes. And all of a sudden, when you give me that that uh, check list or that process of doing this, then it's not as daunting yeah. somehow. I've got, maybe I need to recruit 10 people. Well, I can put them through this repeatable process mm-hmm. of, and, and I'll have them all maybe in various stages of it, but I know where I'm going with it. And it's not just trying to hit and miss and find somebody in the hall. And uh, that keeps me up at night. Yeah, and it makes sure that no one misses a step. Because to me, they're, they're important parts of this. And, and, and we may get to some of this today, but... But uh, I mentioned the buddy system, partnering mm-hmm. somebody up, uh, having a, a first-time service gift, having a follow-up process after the first time of service just to, hey, how did that go? That's did that, great. that age group, did that resonate well with you? It makes sure that no one gets left out of the, any part of that. And, yeah. and, and it keeps me on task, too. Like right. you said, process-oriented. keeps me on task to make sure that, that I don't let anybody fall through the cracks. And not only that, but um, going back to safety and security, you've not got one process for this person mm-hmm. and a different process for your friend. Right. And that can get us in some trouble. Yep. You also um, talk about the other R in in uh, recruitment. Um, uh, first one being repeatable process, but relationships. Yeah. Is that, you know, rela- you, you say relationships are key. Yeah, I, I, I think they are. And I think... In a culture where we are much now, much more, uh, in some ways, less relatable, mm-hmm. in we're, we, we 
we text. That's a less yeah, relatable way. Yeah, I heard a way. statistic not long ago. Don't want to get too far off this in a tangent, but yeah. we're the most connected generation in the history of the world and of of humanity, and yet we are at epidemic proportions of loneliness. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah I, somehow we have this this massive connectivity in isolation, right, from one another, mm-hmm. and uh, and so I think. Uh, as we know, Scripture, relationships have always been key to the church. Uh, over mm-hmm. and over again, uh, Scripture talks about how they were, they were all uh, unified around one. Everything they had was in common. That was all relational vocabulary that the New Testament uses. And so I think if we continue to main—if we try to run a, a ministry or even do the, the, the isolate act of, of recruitment, if we, talk, if we try to take that relational component out— uh, we're missing a big key because people are still relational beings. Right. God created us relational beings mm-hmm. in His image, and so that is part of that image that that we bear. And if we if we try to do recruitment only through emails or mass announcements, things like that, we'll miss that relationship. Right. And so by having relationships, we um, people are going to connect well with you, mm-hmm. and, and 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 it's going to build your team. You're going to build around vision. You're going to build around exactly. something that's more than I checked yes on an email or a card that was in the offering plate or something right. like that. And so I, I just there's this relational piece that in a, in a less and less relational world, uh, we need to have that personal connection. And then the, the, the next extension out of that is my relationships are, are only minimal. Like I can only have so many relationships with people. Right. But if you surround your team and your team's thinking relationally, so now I have a relationship with a team. This is sort of the disciple model. If Jesus mm-hmm. relates to a few, and then they relate to a few, and then right. they relate to a few, well, everybody, that, that relational pool gets bigger and bigger as we think of those circles yeah. of relationships that we have. That's good. I appreciate that. Let's take a quick break. I'm Michael Wally, the podcast producer and the producer for the Etch Family Ministry Conference. I'd personally love to invite you to join us in downtown Nashville, October 7th through 9th for the Etch Family Ministry Conference. This year, Etch will feature speakers like Louis Giglio, Christine Kane, and more. Find out more at etchconference.com and we'd love to see you there. Now let's get back to our conversation. With those umbrellas in place, mm-hmm. there's some tips that I think can be helpful. <clears throat> I think the first one that I need to be reminded of and when I get um, overwhelmed by needing all these workers is that God is in control. God oh, is in control of this one. whole thing. And I know Philippians 4.19 helps me with that. Yeah, um, you know, this whole idea that that he will supply our every need according to his riches and and I, I often talk about how God is, uh, God doesn't need us to do anything, but he, uh, he invites us and he allows us and he calls us and he equips us. And, and, and he, I think we need to be as uh, ministry leaders and when we're looking for the new enlistment, new enlistees and recruitees and volunteers, that praying mm. to him, God put us, put my steps in the path of the people who you're preparing, you know, um, my pastor, I don't know that it's unique to him, but he has uh, helped me. He ha- God is preparing me for what he's preparing for me. So I believe that he can, I believe he does prepare me and place me and 
in the path of who he's preparing and placing in these roles. Absolutely. And we need to remember that. And I can take some comfort in that and, and, and get some of this off of my, or, or the, the anxiety that comes with it off my back. The next thing that I would say, you know, I guess that's almost an overarching thought too, but mm-hmm. understanding what a good recruit looks like. What does that oh, yeah. look like? What is what does a good recruit look like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think those are that, to me, man. Those are so so great conversations or, or thought process because we, we we tend to leave out prayer. We we think, oh, that's automatic. Yeah, but that's how the spirit. But are works we really doing it? But are we doing it? And and the spirit works in our life through that prayer. And then, um, and then we think of, oh, well, just because they volunteered or just because they agreed, that should be good enough. And really, we need to, um, if we're going to, as Psalm seventy eight says, prepare for a generation yet to be born. Mm-hmm. Really thinking further out than just the generation that we're serving now. We need to bring in the best, the the most qualified, um, right? And and that doesn't mean that that they have seminary degree or whatever. That that just means that God is moving in their hearts mm-hmm. in a specific way. And so things like um, that they're growing in their faith, right, is is a huge deal. Yeah, and being able to have that conversation with them, right? And and that comes about sometimes finding that out comes out in an interview. Mm-hmm. You know, are are you you can't take someone where you've not been generally or where you're not willing to go. Right. And so we want to teach boys and girls and preschoolers and children in in how to read their Bible and how to pre- have prayer, regular prayer time, and to um, serve in the church and all those things. Are these people doing that? Right. So you might start looking for those cream of the crop out mm-hmm. there. Oftentimes in preschool and children's ministry, we're, we don't always go for the best. I don't know that that sounds awful, but we're, you know, we're letting anybody the, who will come. Though, right. And, and the, the, that if you're a good teacher, then we, you need to be teaching adults. <laughs> right. But, you know, at the end of the day, that's just kind of backward. Mm-hmm. Adults don't need good. Well, they do need good teachers, but right. they they can filter for themselves a lot of things where we need those good growing in Mm -hmm. the gospel leaders teaching kids so that they can filter that into their lives, into the lives of the kids. And if you're not doing it, then you're probably not going to encourage them to do it. It's like it's like our our friend Chuck Peters says, you can't pour from an empty bucket. (laughs) I like that. I like that. Uh, I think, you know, um, just knowing what a good recruit looks like, knowing what you're going after, and recognizing that that's that's what we're looking for. And I think part of it is using a job description, or I like to call it a ministry description mm-hmm. with them, so that they know this is the expectations. Um, I say often people don't live up to our expectations because they don't know what we expect. That's right. And I think we have that with our teachers and our, 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 we, we have teachers who aren't preparing and they won't come to training. They don't do any outreach and they don't because we never asked them to. That's right. We never asked them to. Um, I think it's important. You, you mentioned this before, and I'd like to talk a little bit more about it, is this idea of sharing the joy. <clears throat> you may not have said that, but sometimes it can be very overwhelming that I have, I need to enlist, I don't know, 75 people 
for Vacation Bible mm-hmm. School. That's a lot of relationships yeah, to build. I can't really build 75 relationships between now and June 1 when VBS <laughs> kicks off, you know? So how do you how do you do that? And talk about that multiplication process you alluded to. Yeah, and, and again, I think, so all, all the things we've talked about so far kind of wrap into that. So uh, the ministry descriptions, even for uh, the VBS, mm-hmm. has having ministry descriptions, to, having those expectations clear out, that's part of your repeatable process. You have that. That's all part of that. Having the relationships, that is going to be part of it. But um, when you can identify, again, goes goes back to what we just said about knowing the the type of people, the quality of people, the qualifications of people that we we mentioned. Um, we can we, we put all of that in a uh, it, that's all wrapped up into that repeatable process. That's in that's mm-hmm. that's built on the relationships that we have. But that joy that we have, and, and one of one of the things that we we talk about of being the knowing your volunteers is, do they love kids? Right. And and I think that that we draw that into if they don't get joy out of being around kids, then maybe they're not such a good recruitment for one of our lead teachers. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have another place in our ministry. Right. But they maybe not be one of you our know, lead teachers. There's a lot of things in our ministry that need to happen that have nothing directly to do with the kids, directly in, impact or exactly. interact with the kids. Yeah. I mean, greeters are really about greeting parents, mm-hmm. uh, record keeping, um, yeah. resource center volunteers. There's tons of things that, that they can do. So yeah, placing people in the right, in the right position yeah. can help us Retain, right? And I know our time's getting away from us today, and we might just need to come back and talk some more <laughs> later. But one of the things that I think could, would be helpful to hear to our listeners is retention, the retention strategy, the whole idea of keeping. Once you've mm-hmm. gone through the process, and God's given you this person, and and you've worked with them, and you've had a vision, and you've shared, you, you know, all these things. Now I gotta keep this person, yeah. and I think that's so important. Um, for me, there's some things that I think we can do to make sure that they are re- re- we retain them. That yeah. you know, maybe I needed to record, re- recruit 75 this year, but I'd rather recruit. 30 next year, you yes, know, by the retention process. And I think part of it is making sure you enlist them well. And we've yeah, talked a lot about that. Yeah. Make sure we get them in the right place. Mm-hmm. We just talked about that. Make sure that we've placed them in a, in a, in, in their, in their sweet spot, mm-hmm. if you will. And then um, even just making sure that, that um, they know what it is we're asking them to do, that job ministry description kind of thing. But what about training and equipping and all that stuff is that that don't you think that has a part in it? I do. Yeah, I think um, if if they're going to be successful in the place we put them today, we've got to make sure they're equipped. And again, go back to that repeatable process. We've we've put the, the training's part of that. Mm-hmm. We're going to equip them, give them all the tools they need to do their job well. Well, then again, part of that repeatable process. Come back. Hey, how did that fit for you? Did that did that resonate oh, wow. well? And so now we have followed up on our own training. Did our mm-hmm. training sit well? Did it recruit or did it um, resonate with them very well? And then we move on from there. We, it helps us evaluate, okay, next year for VBS, um, they really struggled in that area. Let's talk to them. Maybe we need to move them into a new place. 
now we got new training, new new equipping. People are going to stay with you longer if they have the vision and the tools to do what you're asking them to do. Right. And they're just going to stick with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they have that joy that that has been that's been contagious, we call it that joy. We, they see the vision. They know how important uh, training this generation up is and sharing the gospel with them. Uh, we've given them the right tools. They're going to be comfortable. They're not going to be anxious when they walk in the door. And that's going to lead to a longer term of service. That's, right. that's going to help them out long term. Good. That's great. I also think um, in addition to that, just making sure they know that you're still there. You didn't mm-hmm. just get them to this point and walking away. You're you're there supporting them. Yeah. Um, if you need something, let me know. Um, I don't know. Just have that support. I agree. And I think, again, that's and I, and I just kind of said it all, just kind of threw it away, a throwaway line, but a part of a repeatable process is when you check in with them, maybe even having that a, a thank you gift after mm-hmm. the first time of yeah. service or the first month of service. So an appreciation opportunity. Yeah. And so letting them know, hey, I'm here, and I appreciate that you've jumped in, and, and raising that value level that they know that you're not just a warm body filling in a spot, but that you care genuinely. Go back to relationships. You care genuinely about who they are, what they bring to the table, and how God's working in their life and your ministry. Jeremy, this has been really good for me, um, just in my own ministry and, and assessing some things right now and, and thinking about enlisting and recruiting and more folks that we need in the area where I'm serving at my church. And I appreciate you so much, and you bring a lot to the table, and you've brought a lot to me today. And listeners, I hope that it's been that way for you as well. We are always Um, consider this a privilege and an honor to get to speak into your ministry and hopefully it's been a blessing today thanks jeremy and thank you listeners thanks for listening to this week's episode you can find out more at kidsministry101.com we'll see you back here next week on the kids ministry 101 podcast